Hi, I'm Kaylee Moore. And I'm Emma Samasco. Welcome to Freelance Writing Coach, your go-to podcast for building a freelance writing business. In each 20-minute episode, we'll do a deep dive into one area of business with the hope that our insights as successful freelance writers will educate and inspire you. For many freelance writers, working alone can feel satisfying, except when it doesn't. Without a collaborator to share ideas and opinions, you may feel blocked. A survey on LinkedIn even revealed that 52% of writers struggle with being stuck. If you're one of them, book a session with Ivy Magic. Creative director Jeannie Ivy's vast experience collaborating with writers can help you unlock your brightest, most effective work yet. Learn more at thativymagic.com slash collaboration. B2B is an absolutely fabulous niche. That's why Kaylee and I work in the space. Today's sponsor is the B2B Writing Institute, which is run by Sarah Griesenbach, an incredibly talented former teacher turned freelance writer with 10 years experience in business-to-business writing. Sarah can teach you how to show, not sell, which means educating and explaining what you do rather than pushing sales. If you're interested in writing blogs, white papers, and case studies for B2B clients, even if you have no experience, head to b2bwritinginstitute.com and sign up for Sarah's email newsletter. I subscribe and I can tell you it'll make you laugh and make more money at the same time. Last season, Kaylee and I had an episode on freelance writing and AI tools. And we got into it. We came from a place of being curious about it. But something has happened in the past several months, which is that AI writing tools have completely exploded. Basically, ChatGPT and ChatGPT4 were released. Google released their tool called Bard. And that has absolutely changed the discussion about AI and its place in in the work that we do. So we felt that it was really important for us to spend some time talking about it, dissecting it sharing our feelings on it and our worries or excitements and all of that. So Kaylee, I'd love to start. Can you just tell me how you are feeling about this sudden rise of tools? Like, are you excited? Are you stressed? Like, where are you right now? I'm mostly in a place of curiosity right now. And I stand by what we said in last season's episode where I said that now I think these tools coming out and becoming more widely used, it really makes a case for freelance writers to specialize and to double down on an area of subject matter expertise, on an area of like type of work expertise, whether that's website copy or blog post, whatever it is that you specialize in. Because the thing is, ChatGPT and its various versions you know, there's so many different tools or so many different levels of using it. It does an okay job. And I would say it kicks out around like a C plus level of quality as far as like if you were to grade a paper. So it's fine, but it's not going to have the elements that take a piece of writing from just okay to like really great to something that gets talked about and is evergreen and gets shared and ranks well and does all those important things. However, I will say that at this point in time, I am feeling more nervous as a freelance writer because I do think that more companies are using it. I'm seeing more college programs come out, more executive education courses aimed at if you're not using AI, you're falling behind. And so this 
further evolution of, of things since we last talked about it is saying to me that, yeah, this is really taking hold as far as the collective consciousness of people in the workforce and people working in professional roles that would be hiring folks like you and I and freelance writers in general. So yeah, it's been difficult. It's been, I think I have lost work as a result of it. I, I'll be totally candid and say that. And so I'm doing my very best to keep delivering top quality work, but I'm nervous. That's the bottom line. I'm feeling nervous about it. And so I'm curious. And I feel like you have unique perspective on it too, because you're living in San Jose. You're living in this area that's so tech oriented. What are you seeing? Like, do you feel that it's becoming even more prevalent, maybe specifically to you geographically? Oh, that's an interesting question. So for those listeners that don't know, my husband is like in high tech and he works for like a graphic chips company that basically makes all the chips that are powering these AI models. So like if you want to do natural language processing, this is like, I'm not technical, so this isn't going to be exactly right. But if you basically want to train models in natural language processing, you need these really, really powerful computer chips. And Chris's company makes those chips. So that's why we live in San Jose. And it's like really difficult for me personally, in a way to kind of like look at like, oh, my, like I've been joking, but it's like not really a joke of like, oh, my husband is like working for a company that is like helping put me and my craft like out of business. Like, which it's not exactly that way, but like, so there's like this geographic perspective where I am around all of this, like this world of innovation. But there's also like this big personal perspective for me where I went on maternity leave basically January 1st and I came back like mid-March, April 1st and like things had exploded. Like, so it was almost like I was out for a little while while things were kind of ramping up. And then I came back in and it was like the conversation had completely changed. I feel like What's been really difficult for me is to parse out like what's really happening versus like how much is people just like freaking out. So like on LinkedIn, I scroll through LinkedIn and everybody is like, here's these hacks to working with AI tools. And these are the AI tools. And this is what I think about AI tools. And I'm like, oh my goodness, like, it, you know, this is what you should be doing. And I don't know if that's just marketers, like, in an echo chamber. I mean, I think to an extent it is because like the rest of the world is like, you know, like I'll bring it up with somebody who's outside of the field and they're like, oh, really? Like I heard that thing wasn't even very good. Like they're so not in the world of thinking about it kind of as a threat, which I think marketers and freelance writers are a bit. I mean, there's this combination of like, I'm excited about it and it also stresses me out. I have so much to say about this, Kaylee. Like, <laughs> Good. Yeah. So I came back to this world where everyone's talking about it. And my friend, our friend Ashley and I decided actually to run a survey about AI tools and content marketing to try and get a sense of like, are people actually losing work? Like, are you using these tools for your workflow? And is it helping? Because like I've started experimenting and playing with the tools. And I think we can talk a little bit about that next, but they do have merit. And I think the thing that is personally really difficult for me, and I realize to everyone listening, I'm talking a lot, and this is very personal for me, but I feel like my contribution and value to society is the fact that I'm like a really, really incredibly good writer. 
And I'm not always the best business person. There's lots of flaws that I have, but I'm a really, really good writer. And I feel like when I started playing with ChatGPT, I was like, oh my gosh, like, do I even matter? Like, I asked the thing to write a sonnet. I gave it some input and it wrote like a really good sonnet. I mean, it wasn't great, but it was like good enough that it really disturbed me. And I'm kind of like, I feel almost like in mourning a bit about like, my craft. And that is hard, even though there's like this exciting part about it professionally, like I'm really, really struggling with that aspect of it. So yes, I will get off my soapbox right now. And I, (laughs) maybe you want to respond to that, but I'm also curious if you've experimented with these tools. Yeah, I have. And like I said, I think that it can do fun, quirky things like that pretty well. I saw somebody used it a while ago to write a letter in response to an HOA complaint, a homeowners association complaint that they got from their neighbors about there being weeds in their driveway. And so they had it write like a Shakespearean long form response to that. So yes, it can do those things. And it is kind of scary good. And it is a little rattling. I've heard a lot of graphic designers saying similar things too, and that these generative AI tools, even if it's not natural language, they're doing similar things with generating images. And so a lot of them have been like, oh my gosh, this is going to totally make me irrelevant and unnecessary within the space that I've been working for a decade and I've worked so hard to hone my craft. So it's not just freelance writers who are thinking about this right now. What I will say is that when I've used it, and I know that I'm I'm probably using like a, a less advanced version of it. I don't use the premium paid version. But what I found is that it can be helpful as far as like generating briefs and generating kind of at least like a jumping off point for different sections of an article, which is where I spend a lot of my time is writing like long form blog posts. But it's not something that I would ever just say, okay, it's good enough. I'll hand it into a client. I don't even with like the premium version. It's there. It's very basic. And a lot of it is very repetitive and it doesn't have a lot of the conversational tone things that we talk about. It doesn't tie in important things that any good writer or journalist would know how to do, like external insights from an expert or personal anecdotes or examples, things like that. It's very kind of surface level. And if you're a beginner writer or somebody who is kicking out a lot of content that's kind of low quality, those are the folks that I think are super at risk. However, the people who are doing really high quality work, kind of going above and beyond, have that subject matter expertise. Those, I think, have a little bit more of an advantage over these tools because they're doing things that the AI can't yet do. However, a lot of people who are using this in a business case are thinking, this is so much cheaper and so much faster than working with a freelance writer. And so there are a lot of businesses who are like, this is good enough. It's fine. Like, well, let's run with it. And that's what scares me. That's where I'm most nervous. Yeah, I think that is kind of the rub where you you're, you see sort of the business case for using these tools. I mean, I've seen some writers do some pretty smart things where they're like, oh, I can work with more clients because I can use ChatGPT basically as my subcontractor. Or they're like, I can offer more things. Like I, Ashley and I have been talking about like offering more content strategy and then powering some of that writing with AI that of course we would shape, but like having that be a a larger component of it. So I think that there are things that people can do. I mean, to me, it seems like 
people are still going to need really, really high quality work. I mean, the writing needs to be thought about and organized. It's still a lot of work to use ChatGPT. You have to be really good with your prompts and you have to be really good at it. Right. I want to stop you really quick right there because that prompts another thing that I'm seeing come up quite a bit with this conversation is that the role of the freelance writer with these tools in place now is kind of evolving to where they're becoming like, prompt creators, prompt writers for AI, or they're editing the content that the AI kicked out rather than being the person who's writing the first draft. So it is kind of, I am curious to see if these tools are shifting the way that freelance writers are being used. Are we going to be shifted more into kind of an editorial role where we're working with the baseline content that these tools are kicking out? Or even are teams who use these type of tools going to say, okay, well, I don't need the freelance writer who's really expensive to create the first draft, but I do want to hand off the more like manual CMS upload work to that type of person. Cause I still don't want to do that piece of the puzzle. The AI can't do that, but is there a place where like a freelancer could step in and do that type of stuff? Have you seen that at all? That was one thing I wanted to ask. I've seen a little bit of that. I think there's also a world where someone creates like 50 articles via AI and they need them all edited and you take on a bigger project like that rather than writing five articles kind of thing. So I think there's all directions that it could go. I think sort of the scary part is that it's a good writer, like writes a good sentence. And I think that is interesting because a lot of subcontractors I've hired can't do that. Yes, (laughs) same here. And so that's kind of interesting. In some ways, maybe there's a case for it weeding out people that can't write really well. Yeah, or that have even like poor grammar punctuation skills because that's a big one too. Yeah, right? Like ChatGPT is better at that stuff than a lot of writers. It is. And I think B2B Content Studio, one of our sponsors this season, actually like they've been talking about what if AI is a better writer than you? And like trying to help people skill up some of their grammar and writing skills. I mean, it's crazy that we're having these conversations. I think the other aspect of this that I kind of can't escape from is that it's happening so fast and that we're asking to evolve so, so fast. Like I'm telling you, right? Like I was out for maternity leave. Things were normal. I came back from maternity leave three months later. Things were absolutely nuts with AI. Yeah. It was like Rip Van Winkle. You went to sleep and you came back in 20 years past. Yes. Kaylee, it was like that. And I think my perspective is I came back to work. I have two very, very young children. My personal life is extremely demanding right now with the kids. I wanted to come back to work and be able to kind of plug in and be in like my, my zone of genius And instead, I came back and people were like, okay, you need to really like revamp your business to think about how you're going to use AI. And I was like, this is not the time that I want to be doing that. It's like the worst timing for me, which like I realize that's like a personal problem, but it just feels like so fast. I saw someone had responded to our survey and was like, this is moving so fast with all the things I'm supposed to be keeping up with and the hacks and the tools and should I do this AI? And I don't know about you. I feel like I know about 15 AI tools that I didn't know about a month ago. 
And I'm like, how can I like try them all out and use them and add them into my workflow? Like it just seems like just a wild ass. Like it's too much. Do you feel like this is all moving too fast or do you think I'm just anxious? (laughs) Like, no, I do think it's moving really fast. I think I've seen that happen a lot with a lot of different things over the past 10 years of doing this. I think as we move further forward in time, like time just continues to move more quickly with the internet and with the the sharing of information and the speed at which information can travel these days, it makes your head spin. And honestly, for me, that makes me think at what point do we as humans become obsolete? (laughs) I say this kind of in jest, but I also say it seriously because the speed at which information travels is speeding up so much that I don't know if there's a point in time where the processing power of our human minds is going to be surpassed by that of AI. I think it's something like, it feels like science fiction to say out loud at this point, but I think 10, 15, 20 years down the road, we're going to be like, oh my gosh, wow, that happened way faster than we thought it would because these tools are good. Yeah, it reminds me of sort of like how the computer can like play that game Go or chess better than people. And that hasn't meant that people start playing. That's more of like a thought experiment, right? Because it's a game. Although with this, I think it's like so much could be done using these tools and you just wonder like, where are we going? And what does this mean? And are we sort of putting ourselves out of work? I mean, I think everybody listening to this is asking themselves these questions. And I think that it doesn't behoove us as like, resources in the space to be like, oh yeah, everything's fine. Like just change your business around. Like, yes, you should consider changing your business around. And I think it's also okay to to not know what to make of this, right? We don't have the answers to these questions. We're just here to to be scared with you and to be like, what is happening? Yeah, exactly. And I don't think anybody has the answers, right? Like I think we can kind of make predictions about where it's going to go, but nobody really knows to be like a little bit more positive. And I think it's okay if this episode stretches a little bit longer because it's such a hot topic right now. But I am curious if there are tasks that you're doing with AI that you're like, oh, this is helpful with your writing workflow. And it's fine if the answer is no. I can talk a little bit about what I've tried to. Automatic Evergreen, a fully managed newsletter service that uses your existing content and one-to-one interviews to develop fresh content for a weekly email newsletter. Their team of experts creates the landing page, newsletter copy, and template. They even upload, format, and schedule the email so you never need to log into the email provider. Their goal is to provide a well-written, cash-flowing, on-time newsletter every single week that requires little to no time from you. Schedule a free discovery call today at yourweekly.email. Ever heard test your marketing but have no idea how to do that? Social, Google, cold pitches, newsletters, marketing can be an exhausting grind. What if you knew how to choose the best channels for your business? Growth Trackers is a membership for creative business owners who want to stay booked with less energy. Take charge of your leads when you learn how to find your get booked formula. Become a growth tracker at supereasydigital.com slash growth trackers. Use code full-time freelance for 5% off your membership. So I have heard that some writers 
who are using subcontractors have totally cut out the subcontractor use and are using AI to get a workable first draft generated and then going in and building off of that. And so their margins are higher. And that's great. In my case, I have found that in creating briefs and doing research, if I'm using a subcontractor that I send to them, what it's helped me do is be a lot more prescriptive and a lot more detailed in building out a thoughtful brief that makes something that I can hand off to a subcontractor who's going to write the first draft. It's going to help them do a much better job because it's giving me more ideas on SEO, on what are some different sections we should touch on, what are some things to consider here. The things that it doesn't do well, again, though, are the anecdotal pieces that make a piece really enjoyable to read. It's the things like, what are the stories that it tells? These tools, in my experience so far, are not great at telling stories, at giving use cases, at showing things in context. And to me, yeah, like any writer can kick out a draft all day long that's very like, okay, here are X tips for doing Y. But there's already a million of those posts online and they often just kind of fall on deaf ears. So if I'm trying to generate something that I think is really valuable, that's going to rank well, that's going to be read and shared by a lot of people, it's got to go a lot deeper than what that is going to kick out. So again, it's just a jumping off point. I'm curious though, how do you use it? What do you find it's helpful with? I think it's been helpful for me with writer's block. So if I'm like looking at a blank page and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to get started with this. It's helpful for me to ask it some questions. Like I'm trying to think of an example of like, you know, what are some ways a company can improve the customer experience if I'm writing about customer experience? And it just sort of like kicks out a bunch of stuff and it's almost replacing Google in that way. Like it's kind of almost like a research tool or it's like giving my brain some things to think about, I asked it to craft a resume for me, which it did a terrible job at in some ways, but it like provided, because I was trying to redo my resume and it provided me some like good foundational pieces to have in there, even though like I, you know, I basically had to rewrite, rewrite it. It was helpful. So I mentioned in an earlier episode that I'm working on a survey for a client and I asked it like, what are typical questions that people ask in a survey. So like those, it was almost like a research tool in that way. Or I asked, and I asked it to kind of design the survey. And again, I didn't use it, but I kind of liked some of the language it used it used. And I kind of lifted that, like how it phrased the questions. I was like, oh yeah, that's a really good way to phrase that. Even though that's not actually the question that I want to ask, if that makes sense. Like, so I'm finding that it's helpful as a research tool and it helps banish writer's block. I've asked it to do like more complex well, I don't even know if it's complex, like more sort of personalized tasks, like write a LinkedIn post about like why a company needs case studies. And it puts out something that is like kind of well-written, but it's like so generic. It's not interesting at all. It does make me think the bar for really good content is only going to be higher because it's just like, you know, like it just pumps out some like really generic stuff. I do know people are doing things like feeding the tool like four or five samples of their writing and then asking it to write in that voice and they're seeing some success. I know like to me, it doesn't even seem super efficient to do that. Like it seems almost more to just write the thing myself. And then I'm like, am I really old school for thinking that way? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I have also heard that there are some limitations to these tools. 
So I have a friend who pays for the premium version and he's in our group text. You know who I'm talking about. And sometimes he'll be like, oh, it's down. You know, I can't get anything done because I'm it's maxed out right now or the servers are down or whatever. And so if you're leaning really hard on it, that's super annoying. I guess that's kind of true of any tool that has the potential to go down. But I do think that there are some bandwidth limitations, at least in this early stage of things. So that's something to be aware of. I think the other thing too is like, who are the clients that you're working with and what is their bar for quality? And we're going to talk about that in another episode this season as far as raising to the really high bar of expectations with blogs and with clients in general who have super high expectations for the content that they put out. If you're working with a bunch of clients who are just kind of like, yeah, that's good enough, then I feel like these tools should make you be like, oh shit, big time. But if you're working with clients who really pride themselves on going deep, going wide, delivering just like really entertaining, deep dive content or things that make you laugh, things that make you pause and be like, wow, that was really good copywriting. That's a little bit of a different use case. But yeah, I think it's still a spectrum. I'm super curious to see how it evolves over time. I hope that it does not put you and I and everybody else listening out of business. But realistically, I don't think that it will, at least not at this stage. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm just moderately cautious as to how it's impacting things and just continuing to watch. And again, trying to stay up on how they are being used and how I can potentially use them. So I'm not totally in the dark and not totally ignorant to them, but at the same time, not investing a ton of time and energy into using them. I'm trying to find like the middle zone with them. I think that's where I am too. And also to just try to not get too like existential about it when I use it and just see where what it can do for me. Maybe we should end on like providing some ideas or advice. What can you do right now? Like in this world of AI where you don't know what it's going to mean. Like I think I have a little bit of advice. Yeah, go. One is I think you should experiment with the different tools. Like, yes, maybe you've experimented with ChatGPT. I mean, and somebody listening is like, I've experimented with them all and I'm using them all and whatever. And that's great. If you're doing that, I wish I had your time, honestly. And I don't mean that in a mean way. I mean, like, actually, like, (laughs) I wish I had more time to explore. But I think try out chat GPT, try out Google Bar, try out any of the other tools that you can get your hands on. There's a ton of different ones out there. Like try them out, see what their capabilities are. That's my first one. The second one is I would look for places in your own business where you like might be able to benefit from this. Like, is it maybe brainstorming or is it like one area I found it was really pretty good for was like writing copy for like a proposal, which is like, that's not the work that I'm being paid for. That's not work like any people hire a freelance writer to do, I don't think. It's just like, it was helpful to say like, I think I asked ChatGPT at one point to like put together like a proposal for retainer. And it wasn't a proposal that I could use point blank, but again, it had language in there that like got me over the writer's block. So for me, it's been helpful with getting over the writer's block and the brainstorming aspect. And there may be aspects of it for you that you can use. And again, maybe there's people listening who are like, there were so far ahead of you, Emma and Kaylee, but I suspect there's a lot of people in our boat. What advice would you give? 
Yeah, I would say just stay up on the news around it. I mean, you don't have to have Google alerts set or anything, but if you're on social media and you're following smart people who are talking about these tools and the different ways that they're using them or the different ways that people in general are using them, I think that that's a good thing to do. I would say, again, continue to focus on your area of expertise and what you do really well because Again, these tools are generalists. The specialists are the ones who are going to be the sought out experts for their very specific areas of study or focus, whatever they are. And I think in general, like don't be doom and gloom about them. I don't think that this is a 100% game changer. I think that there's still very much a place for freelance writers within today's market. I don't think we're like the dinosaurs who are about to go extinct. I think it's just you need to be aware of how things are evolving. And with anything else, I mean, there's always new tools, new prompts, new shiny things that are coming into the marketplace that are just slightly changing how things are going day to day as far as how people use them. I think it's still really early. That's very positive, Kaylee. It's very what? I think it's very positive. You're very positive. Yeah, I hope so. I think we should just kind of like be aware of what's happening and not totally shut it out, but at the same time, don't be totally rattled by it. Yeah. And the only thing I would add to that is that I don't think, even though I don't really have time for it right now, I don't think it's a terrible idea to think about what things that you might offer that are sort of relatively AI proof or use AI to your advantage or you know, I think it's good. Like I've thought about how I should lean into doing case studies right now because case studies are not something that an AI can easily do. Like an AI can interview a customer. And so I think thinking about like, oh, are there things that I offer that are harder to replicate? I think you are coming at it from like the deep subject matter expertise, which I think is great. And I think there's other things of like, what are the assets that you actually deliver? Because if you're kind of just a general freelance writer We'll take any kind of brief. This is more threatening, I think. So bottom line, we don't know, but we're going to continue to learn. Hopefully you are too. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Freelance Writing Coach Podcast. If you want more tips, tricks, and resources for building your business, visit freelancewritingcoachpodcast.com. Oh,